He's got a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast, with your host, Steve Price. Happy Thanksgiving. A Spring Hill restaurant plans to dish out and deliver free meals for Thanksgiving. When one door closes, another opens. You'll want to hear the Pro Door Doctor's amazing story. A memorial on the National Mall, a local Gold Star family takes their fight to D.C., and they are getting a lot of attention from lawmakers. Plus, my ridiculous requests when I go to a hotel. You're listening to Prizes Highway, the podcast. All right, giddy up, let's do this thing. Prices Highway is presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317 or find her on the web at pricesellshomes.com. Now on with the show. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. I'm Craig Midget, your new co-host, and this is Price's Highway, the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to Price's Highway, the podcast. I am your host, Steve Price, along with me, as always, now, Craig Midget. As always, for the second time ever. <laughs> how are you feeling? Uh, ha- ha- happy to be here. Good, good. How are you feeling about being behind the mic? Enjoying it. Yeah. Enjoying well, it. And I will say this, you're doing a heck of a lot better job than I am. Am I already? Yeah, look at you. Look I'm at s- you. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll work... I'll, I'll try less hard. Yeah, get your own dang show. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you posted something. I, I actually allowed you to post something on the Facebook You're group. Very gracious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think it reached about 38 people. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the question, what was it? It's about a there, top sheet? There, I noticed this debate recently on on Facebook. Um, uh, another, another friend of mine in another state. Um, uh, was arguing about this with people on 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 his profile. It seems there's this 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 crowd of degenerates and ne'er do wells that I never knew existed before. How often do they do well? Ne'er, ne'er, <laughs> ne'er do well. Um, but these people have apparently uh, foregone the top sheet in a made bed and don't use a top sheet. Don't sleep under a top sheet. How does that even happen? Apparently, from what I'm from what I've learned, I've uh, you know conducted some research. As everyone is, you know, so important to do these days, do your research. Um, it's it's like the fitted sheet. You lay on the fitted sheet, and you lay and you pull the comforter directly over you. No, 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 no flat sheet for protection. That's itchy to me. What I, I right? For one, the fabric. Of a comforter, maybe a quilt, but never a comforter. Fabric is is never as comfortable as that as that sheet set you bought. Plus, you know, my my kind of s- smart observation, or sarcastic observation, perhaps, was that you know the 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 top sheet is like underwear for your comforter. You wear you you wear you wear underwear yeah. to keep you know your 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 clothes from you know getting sweat stains or. Just undesirable things on the clothes that you wear every day. You chafing. might wear you might wear chafing. You might wear an undershirt, um, yeah. so your so your your nice polo button down doesn't get doesn't get uh, uh, yellow in the underarms or get get smelly and sneaky. That's what a top sheet does for a comforter. But there's these people out here that don't use one, and they're okay with it. 
I'm not. And they're belligerent, and they're uh, they're belligerent about it. No, I don't use a top sheet. That's stupid. Uh, That's for grandmothers. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Where where's where does this where does this movement come from? I don't know, but you know, I'm may have taken a step, f- you know, further. Um, when I go to hotels, Pro- you would because you're you. Uh, oh, hotel comforters. No, don't even use those. Okay, so when I call a hotel, they go on the floor when yeah, I get yeah. in the room. Well, I ask them not to even have them in the room. <laughs> I don't want to see them. I don't want to touch a comforter. To me, that's like the grossest thing you can next to the remote control. That's like the grossest thing to touch in a hotel room, the comforter. So out goes the com- comforter. Do you have any? Um, I don't know. Weird requests that you? Do? No, because no, because I'm not that kind of person. Um, I don't. So hotels don't really creep you out. Hotels, uh, not really. Now, one thing i i spent I spent uh, a, f- a few years early in life in, in uh, pest control. And bed bugs are a real thing. And bed bugs are expensive to get rid of if you pick them up from somewhere. Um, so to this day, if I if I do go to, to a hotel, a cabin, anything like that, the first thing I do, we don't even bring our, start unloading things out of the car. I go, <laughs> I go into our room and I do a bed bug check first. Um, are they visible? Bed bugs, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, if, if a room has bed bugs, you can see maybe live bed bugs. You can see some dead bugs, dead bed bugs around. You might see uh, you know little scat stains and stuff on the on the sheets and the corners of the mattress and stuff. So, are we sure those are bed bugs? <laughs> if they're in those little creases around the corners or on the little <laughs> piping on the edge, yeah, they're probably from bed bugs. What is there more aside from taking comfort off a bed that you? Trouble hoteliers with? Well, this has got. I'm sure there is. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've got requests. Oh God, I've got lots of requests. Like no blue M and M's or. No, I always request a top floor. A top floor? Why? Not because it's any kind of like I'm pretentious and need to be in a penthouse or anything. It's because I don't like to hear people above me walking around. So I always request a top floor. I always request that if it's not busy to put me in a place where nobody is, you know, I, I don't have anybody next just want to a me. floor to yourself. <laughs> well, well, I just want people next to me. <laughs> privacy is important. <laughs> I, I'll even, I'll even go this far with privacy. I never even turn my Wi-Fi on, on my phone, iPad. It's a, uh, it's cellular hotspot every well, time. Hardly free anymore. Anyways, these lousy hotels. Well, I mean, Anybody, you don't know who's staying there. They can just hop on and just, you know, next thing you know, you you have your identity stolen. I mean, and, and you know, I always check for, you check for bed bugs. I actually check for bugs, you know, look at, I'm serious. I look in smoke detectors. Stop. I look not. in vents. I look at the uh, the clocks. Under the lampshade. Under the, I do. I, I don't know. People People are creepy. Bugs. Bug, actual bugs. Yes. You think someone wants to steal your secrets? <laughs> not necessarily my what's, secrets. What's secrets? But, no, it's not What really information do you have that's so desirable to others? It's just the... I'm sure there's just voyeurs out there. <laughs> and I don't want to be on the internet. I, you know. Oh, like um, Aaron Andrews exactly. in that hotel here in Nashville. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, not do, that do anybody... You check, would... Do you check to make sure the, the peepholes haven't been reversed? Yes. 
I check everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I get creeped out by hotels. And I'll tell you what, I've never done an Airbnb, but that would be a lot of work for me. Oh, my gosh. You know? Every room. Yeah. Every yeah. people. Every AC vent. Make sure there's not cameras behind the vents. Exactly. <laughs> well. I can't imagine what it must be like to be you. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. But uh, you know what it's time for? It is time for Prices Headlines. Woohoo! <laughs> A local women's golf organization takes a swing at social justice on the links, and now the Supreme Court is taking notice. Female golfer and vocal crossfitter Laura Potter says there shouldn't be a ladies' tee box, insisting that the name of the men's tee box now be called a universal golfer's box. Laura is also president of the Spring Hill Ladies Organization of Golfers. This female fringe movement is gaining momentum with a trending hashtag Equality now. Instead of a T-Y at the end of equality, it's T-E-E. No word yet when the Supreme Court will rule on this colossal case of the gimmies, but Laura feels like she and her capable club have got this one in the bag. A local beloved salad bar is now offering beets. Excited ensalada aficionado Raul Carrillo came back to his table pumped up about the jellied cranberry sauce he would be mixing in with his romaine lettuce, crushed egg pieces, okra, that weird green pea concoction thing, onions, and Thousand Island dressing. When Raul took the should-be savory bite of salad, he quickly noticed that instead of delicious jellied cranberry sauce, it was actually red-colored solidified dirt, quickly ruining Carrillo's favorite comida. A local leaf says goodbye. We all know that the bright, beautiful colors of autumn are a sight to behold. But to trillions of trees, these colorful changes mean only one thing for them, certain death. Treeleaf 172BZN from Branch 30B on a 53-year-old maple tree near the Carters Creek train track fell to its timely death in the early afternoon of November 10th. Deprived of the nutrients it once received from the veins of the mighty maple, it could no longer hold on. After a slight breeze, it was taken to the road below, hit by an oversized vehicle, which would later hit the train overpass, and toppled onto the side of the road at its final resting place. Authorities found a note that was left behind on the tree branch. It was written on a loose leaf piece of paper. And those are your Price's Headlines. Now for the real headlines, let's check in with the publisher of the Williamson Herald, my pal, Derby Jones. Hey, before we get to Derby, a quick editor's note. Yeah, I was supposed to edit this podcast, I think, Thursday the 11th. Well, life kind of happened, and yeah, this news is a week old. But hey, still news. It's still free. So enjoy. Derby, how are you? Steven, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All right, Derby, yeah, before we get into the headlines, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in Williamson County? Well, I've been in Williamson County since uh, November 2005 when we uh, moved to Williamson County to get into the good school district that we have. And about nine months after that, 10 months, I uh, ended up buying a newspaper in downtown Franklin that covers the county, Williamson Herald. And uh, 
been here since uh, October of 2006. Well, okay, so Herald. So tell me a little bit about the Williamson Herald. Uh, you you cover everything Williamson County. We certainly try. It's just growing county; it's getting tougher. Uh, but yes, we try to we try to touch a little bit of everything on the county. Um, you know, we're primarily based we're based in Franklin, so it's a little bit more Franklin centric news wise. But still, we we try to do uh, some news from all over the county, and um, it's uh, we distribute all over the county. We do ten thousand copies every Thursday, uh, subscription based. Uh, in our print edition and our digital edition is every day. We're doing fresh news every day with our e-news e-news blast that we put out and our and our website. So it's uh, it's an everyday thing, even though we just print once a week. Do our best. Wonderful. So, what are some of the stories you're working on? Well, um, one of the stories we're working on today is uh, State Representative Glenn Cassidy announced that he will not seek re-election, um, which. I kind of heard that rumor, but um, wasn't sure, and then got the got the story today that he is not going to run for re-election. He's been serving uh, District 63 for 20 years, and of course, you know, he rose all the way up to Speaker of the House, so he's a very influential uh, state representative that we've had. Um, not as influential, powerful as he was when he was Speaker of the House, but uh, still, a, you know, has a lot of clout up there and, and said a lot to help Williamson County. So uh, that's interesting that uh, he is not running again. Uh, there's rumors that he may run for a Williamson County clerk, which is another one of our stories that we had this week. Not him running, but uh, Elaine Anderson, who is the longtime county clerk for Williamson County, resigned uh, that position due to health reasons. And Chip uh, Whidbey was named the interim county clerk this week. Uh, that Elaine Anderson's position will technically go through August of 2022 before the next uh, general election. You know, Summit's doing pretty good on the in the old football category, aren't they? Yeah, from uh, down your way, Summit High School is a powerhouse. Um, the Wade brothers, the Wade twins, man, those guys are, they're, they're the real deal. They're both going to the University of Kentucky. Um, Let's see, Dustin Wade is the starting quarterback. His brother, Keaton, is running back and linebacker. And I don't think any high school kid wants to tackle either one of them. They, they're, they're, they're big, they're solid. Um, and they've built a really good program down there. So, Derby, are there any other newsworthy uh, stories that you're working on now? Well, last night we reported on the uh, Franklin Boma meeting. Board of Mayor and Alderman, uh, where five uh, five new, not new, five uh, winners in the recent election were sworn in. Uh, four of them are new, and that's uh, pretty historic because I don't know the last time that four new members um, have come in. Um, now, did, did yeah, these, Matt Brown, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do they? Do these new members actually run up? Um, with opposition uh, in Franklin, unlike Spring Hill, where I think three or four ran unopposed this this past cycle. No, they all they all ran uh, competitive races. Bev Berger was the only incumbent to to win, and she ran unopposed. So she we did have one, but she she is an incumbent. And then the other four races, 
three rewards, and one of them is a, an at-large seat. Gabrielle Hansen won that one, and she fulfilled a seat that was uh, vacated by Pearl Bransford, who passed away from cancer about a year ago. Uh, she has two years left on her term, so she won that uh, term for two years. And then the but the other three ran really uh, well. The other four, excuse me, ran really uh, competitive races, which made it fun in the newspaper business for us because we get to kind of talk about other than just you know people running on a pose like you mentioned in Spring Hill. Yeah. Um, how about voter turnout? What's voter turnout like in, in Franklin? Uh, disappointing. I, I think uh, it was about 12 and a half percent. Hey, you got Spring, it was, still got Spring Hill beat. Um, well, okay. We'll take that. But think yeah, we hit, did we peak at like yeah, eight last cycle? Um, maybe. I think so. And I think I think the fact that we did have some competitive races probably helped it get to twelve and a half. But uh, it's it's yeah, it's kind of sad. I don't understand it. We're you know we're in the you know probably the you know wealthiest, most educated county in the state of Tennessee, and people still don't get out and vote. I perplexes me, guys. Well, Derby, thanks so much for being on the show today, and uh, you know. I, I hope we become media sponsors and you're here every, every time we do a, a big show. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk more and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be trying to scoop some more, uh, Spring Hill and Thompson station news. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me guys. All right. Frank from Grecian pizzerias here. Frank, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Hey, we've got something big happening at your restaurant this Thanksgiving, and we want to hear all about it. Yes, we do. Uh, this will be our fourth year that we're doing it. Uh, we are closed on Thanksgiving Day and opening our doors from about 12 to 3, and we will provide dinner, uh, traditional turkey dinner, to um, people who are in need such as uh, sick people, homeless people, the elderly people, uh, people who, are, who work and can't get out, like first responders and uh, emergency room people, police department, fire department people, whoever needs something and can't get a hot meal on Thanksgiving will be there from 12 to 3. If you want to come in and eat, if you want to pick it up, if you want to call in and have it delivered, whatever we can do, we'll be there to, to serve whatever we can. That sounds awesome. How many years have you done this, Frank? This will be the fourth year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, how and every the... year it gets. Oh no! Go ahead. Every go year ahead. it gets big. Every year it gets bigger and bigger because word of mouth and we increase. Like I said last year, we had um, fifty turkeys and we gave over a thousand meals. This year, so far, we have sixty-five turkeys. So I'm hoping between twelve to fourteen hundred. So you know, like I said, whoever needs it will be there. Wow. Is this just in Spring Hill area or you go beyond that? No, no, no. We're trying to reach like our delivery uh, range last year went from Spring Hill. I mean, we delivered down to Jefferson Street in Nashville. We delivered all the way to Columbia and close to Mount Pleasant. You know, wherever our volunteers can help. And, you know, they were tremendous help last year. They're happy to do it again. And we're happy to provide, you know, the meal for them. So, if, you know, if they live in those areas, we'll be more than happy to deliver it to them as well. They just got to give us a call and let us know, you know, where they are and how many meals that they need. 
Yeah, what's what's the process for that? If someone is unable to uh, you know prepare a meal for themselves this year, this year, or for their family this year, what's the process to to get signed up? All they have to do is um, if they can't get out. Or if they can't get up but just can't cook or don't have the means to cook or whatever whatever their situation is, all they got to do is either the day of Thanksgiving, they can come in and pick up the, the meals and take them home. They can come and dine at the restaurant. Or they can call the day of Thanksgiving or even the day before Thanksgiving, you know, even a couple days ahead of time. I mean, I'm getting phone calls already now. Like I said, I, better, I already have about 170 reserved dinners for delivery already on that day. So they can even call and say, hey, Frank, we need four, six, eight, ten um, meals that day. Um, you know, they'll take their name, they'll take their phone number, their address, and between the hours of 12 and 3, we'll, uh, we'll deliver to them. Uh, just, call the, just call the restaurant? Did they ask for any just particular person? Yes, yeah. That'd be us because we have a portfolio already set with all the um, orders that we, we've been taking, so everything is written down, and then... That's why I will probably need more drivers. That's the only thing I'm looking for right now. I got plenty of prep and cookers and setup. It's just the drivers that's worrying me because I'm looking at a lot of deliveries this year. You know, that and cleanup. I don't want to get stuck with all that cleanup. <laughs> right. so, so it looks like all but you have yeah. to do is hop on the Facebook page, the Grecian Family mm-hmm. Restaurant and Bakery, and um, there's a sign-up genius for volunteers Correct. and for food donations. And I, I can put these in the show notes for you as well, along with your phone number, which is 615-302-4808. 302, that's correct, yeah. I mean, like I'm saying, the only thing I see at this point, what I'm needing will be, probably, like I said, more delivery drivers because we're looking to do a widespread area and probably at the end clean them because there's going to be a tremendous amount of cleanup. You know, and I greatly appreciate because this is a community. Everybody's helping me. Everybody's volunteer. People are coming in from all over the place with, with, with their donations and they're volunteering. That, that means a lot to me. I, I'm very thankful that we have such a good community. And it's great that we can get out there and help the people. And I wish it would, it would be not just Thanksgiving. I wish it was. And I try all year long to help wherever I can because I'm always trying to help my homeless people or sick people or the schools. You know, we're a community. We have to work together. I'm not in it. To become a millionaire, that's not me. I'm in it because the way I grew up with my wife, we are here to help each other. It's not like people say the almighty dollar. No, I'm here because I like to help. You know, I'm not in it to, to, to sit back and do nothing. I, I like to help the community because the community has helped me and I'm going to help them. And that's how I grew up, you know, with old-fashioned parents. We were brought to help each other. And that's, I continue doing that in all my restaurants I had over the year. That's what we do. You know, and I feel Thanksgiving is a big turning point, and I don't like to see anybody go hungry. I wish it can be all year long we can help, and we try. We even, if you've been to my restaurant, we have a pay-forward board where people come in and, and donate money, and then people who are homeless or sick can't do it, they come in and they order a meal, and they use the uh, prepaid tickets that we have on our board. So every little bit helps Very cool. where we can do very cool. Now, I know helping yeah. is in your DNA, but how does it make you feel knowing that you're making such a big difference in our community, surrounding area, for people who just need a meal for Thanksgiving? I feel like, you know what, like I said, when I grew up and my parents did the same thing because they also owned restaurants and 
you know, you would give a plate of food to a homeless person. It's like you feel, uh, uh, it's like not gratitude, but you, you're helping somebody who is in need. Because you know what? One of these days you might turn around and you might need that same help. And it's good to know that you're helping somebody that later on, if you know, if you need it, that there's somebody there for you as well. Well, you're doing great work. And if people want to come to your restaurant outside of Thanksgiving, uh, what's your address? Our address is 2003 Wall Street, Spring Hill, Tennessee. And we're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner from 7 a.m. Uh, we have brunch on the weekends also from 11 to 2. And we even have our own uh, bakery on premises, a variety of uh, desserts, cakes, and Greek pastries and things like that. And we do, we have web ordering online. We have delivery, pickup, curbside. And we deliver ourselves. We don't use DoorDash or things like that. We do our own family members do our delivery personally. And this, this, describe kind of where you are in that little shopping center there. What's, what's the other landmarks around there? Because okay. you, can, you can easily it's drive by without street. seeing it. Yeah, because we're a little bit pushed back off the road. Yep. If you're on the main street, we are behind. If you'll see Walmart, on the other side of the street, you'll see a Regents Bank and a Walgreens. We're right behind that in that strip plaza. We're on one end where it says Grecian Family Restaurant, and the other end is a Suka Chinese. Gotcha. All right. So, Frank, what is your favorite food item that you sell? I'm real big, and I'm real fond of our Greek food because we make all that stuff ourselves. I mean, our pizzas are famous, too, but we sell our Greek food like our feisty feta dip or our homemade sanakopira or our gyro, which is a real gyro, not processed that We use the real cone that is rotating in our kitchen that we slice and grill and put on our homemade pita. You know, those are our, our big items. You know, our chicken skewers. You know, we do our Greek lasagna or our moussaka. We do those as traditionally Greek items as if you were to go to Greece, that's how that would be prepared right now. So we take pride in that because everything in our store is homemade. So if, we, know? So if we catch you at Thursday at lunchtime in the back, what, what are you gnawing on? My gnawing on probably is you'll be making a lasagna or some kind of Alfredo sauce or homemade soup or something. I'm always doing something. People say to me, you're the boss. Sit down and die. I, I can't do that. I can't sit. I, I, I have to be doing something or else I go crazy. Like now, you know, next year I have to do a knee replacement, and the doctor says you'll be out for six to eight weeks. I go, what? There's no way I'll be out for six to eight weeks. I said, you better get me one of those motorized little chairs to put my knee on because I'm two weeks just as far as I go, I said. Six to eight weeks? I can't stay away, yeah. I've been doing this now. I'm 53. I've been doing it for about 41 years. I've wow. been in the restaurant for 41 years. Wow. So it's something that I have inside of me, you know, and I, and I love it. And, I got my wife involved, and she's always creating new new dishes and new appetizers. She just created a, a new appetizer, and it's hit our store so popular, she's making Greek egg rolls. Ooh. Wow. Which is what goes in a Greek egg roll? with spinach and feta, and they love it already. I, wow. I, I can, every, time, every time I turn around, she even makes now, she makes a keto-friendly lasagna. Oh, so we're always, we're always trying to do something to help, you know, you know, and then she just started our new famous dessert, our homemade banana pudding. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, so you're talking my to... language. Steve will be there tomorrow. I'm telling you, 
down to our homemade uh, crepes that she makes with our fresh baked apples now. Oh, so we're always doing something. You're always going to see us there. I mean, I'm not a person. I cannot sit and not do nothing. I can't do it. I can't be like I know I grew up in the industry where the bosses go out and then I can't do that. I mean, I'm away one day and I'm like, okay, what's going on in my store? Are they selling something or, or you know, and we have our problems. Don't get me wrong. You know, I try to correct them as best we can because, you know, we're human, so we're going to make mistakes. But I have to be there on top of it. Well, I'll and tell I you what. A, you know, I have, I have, and I thank God that I have a fantastic team in my store, a great kitchen staff, a great wait staff. I mean, I'm lucky because the way things are now being such short help, it's, it's good to have a real dependable team, and I, and I depend on them a lot. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate what you're doing. The community appreciates what you're doing. And thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. All right, Frank. Take care. Okay. You too. It is everybody's favorite garage door man. It's Bill Yuss from the Pro Door Doctors. Bill, thanks for joining us. Hey, glad to be here, dear Steve. Bill, we, we've, uh, we've bumped into each other a time or two. You've actually done my garage door. Uh, Craig I've, and mine, yeah, and half of Spring Hill on top of station, I, I would assume. Um, and I bumped into you uh, just a few weeks ago, and you're telling me your story about coming to Spring Hill, and I'm like, this is a story people need to hear. Bill, what what happened? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was a little embarrassed to tell this story at, at the beginning because when I did get here to Spring Hill. I really pretty much didn't have anything. Um, I can go back in time, but I could start off here and we could work our way back. You know, when I got here to Spring Hill, I really didn't have much other than a SUV uh, that I owed $25,000 for and uh, to, the, to the bank, of course. And um, because they let me have it, when you do a file chapter seven, they take everything from you, including your T-shirt and whatever, you know, you don't, you come with nothing. So... I came to Spring Hill to be with a part of my other family that's here right now, my son. Um, and he says how great this, this town is. And it is, it's an awesome town. But I didn't believe it until I had to see it on my own, you know. So I came here with nothing. We filled up the truck with all my belongings, whatever the government or whatever the court would allow me to take after the Chapter 7. And I got here and with my tail between my legs. And all I did was pray every night talked to people and said to myself this is an awesome town I hope I could make it here because I love garage doors but the only problem is I don't know if I ever want to do garage doors again because where were you doing garage doors before I was doing garage yeah I was doing garage doors in Chicago for 35 years before that 35 years did you yeah. start when you're like five I started when I was like 15 years old okay yeah I was yeah I was young <laughs> You know, let's start from the beginning, and we could work our way up, okay? Yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. 15 years old, I was pumping gas at a gas station, okay? And when I was pumping gas at a gas station, I was getting a dollar an hour. And I'm not going to – I'll tell you right now, that's what it was in the 70s, okay? And it was cash money, and at midnight every night, my job was to take that tow truck and put it in the center bay every night and then lock up and throw the keys in the lockbox and go home. And my boss trusted me because he said, he, he looks like a good, you know, so they knew that I was a nice guy. So I, I locked it up at every night at midnight. Well, one midnight at midnight, I pulled the tow truck in there, but I didn't pull the garage door up all the way. It was an Amoco gas station, three bays, middle bay. So I hit it with the boom of the truck, of the tow truck. I was devastated. 
You know, it, it was all bent in. The rollers were out. The door looked crooked. It, it, was, it was not good. So I called many door companies. Nobody would come out. Only one company said they would come out, and they wanted like four or $500. It was a lot of money. And I was getting a dollar an hour. And I was the type of person where I paid my debts. If I did something wrong, I'd fix it. Because that's the way you do it. You know, yeah. that's the way you always respect yeah. it. You know. So I'm like, no, I can't afford that. So I stayed up all night till 6 in the morning with my hammer. Fixed that door, fixed that door so darn good that when it got when the owner got there at six in the morning, he asked me why am I still there, and I said, "Well, I ended up staying all night. I had to fix your door. I've messed it up pretty bad." And he tried it up. He up and down. It worked better. He said, "You know, this door works better than before. Before it was hanging up and it wasn't going up all the way." I said, "You got to be. I know because I hit it with the tow truck." And he says, "Yeah." He said, "I was going to warn you. You got to push it up and make sure it stays up." And I'm like, "Okay, so it's working good." So two days later, I says, you know what? I think I'm going to go into the door business. At 15, with zero experience, you fixed your first garage Yes, door. sir. Because I always That's was awesome. a handyman with tools. Because That's great. Because my mom and dad died. You know, they died when I was young in life. My dad died when I was two years old. And my mom died when I was young. So I had to be a personal survivor with tools, whatever you can do in life, okay? So... And that's where my story started from there. And so I worked my butt off. And so when I, when I was 16, I called the door company. And I said, would you hire me? And they asked me if I had experience. And I said, oh, yeah, I got experience, <laughs> no problem. But I really didn't. But, you know, he hired me. Uh, I worked for him about six months. And after six months, I opened my own door company. So at 16 and a half, I had my own door company. What? I had my own store right across the street from my high school that I went to high school at, and nobody knew in high school that I had that building right across the street when I had a storefront. <laughs> Were you still, did you finish high school? You were still in school I then? still, oh yeah, yeah, I was still in high school. I was my third year of high school and I ended up <laughs> finishing high school and my store was across the street, but I couldn't tell people because they were like, they're all having fun because high school kids, yeah. you're supposed to have fun. So seventh period over at Bill Yes's place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then I graduated high school, okay, um, and I was on my own. So for 30-something years, I, I did garage doors in Chicago. My company ended up getting pretty large. I mean, it, it, it went from one truck to 30, 38 trucks. Wow. And it just it was just awesome. You know, we just kept, you know, because everything I do, I do with my heart, and I keep going on and on and on. I don't stop. I, I have to make sure it's right. And if it's, even if it's right, it's got to be 110% right. So it was doing good. And, um, and I understand in the uh, garage business, there's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, oh. you're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wait. All right, go ahead and elevate but, the story. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I was doing good, but then, uh, of course, we had a couple of downfalls with the economy and this and that, and then one of my <laughs> one of my employees ended up killing his girlfriend. Wait, okay, hold on. Oh, I know. There's, but, the story keeps going further and further. It's what? Like, one of my girlfriend, one of my, <laughs> oh, one easy, of my, easy. <laughs> <laughs> one of my employees show. killed his girlfriend. Was it allegedly killed or was he, he convicted and he's in prison now? Well, let me tell you. So anyways, he killed her and they never found a body. So they, but it was the first conviction in 20 something years where they were able to convict him without a body, which was very unlikely because most of the time you have to have a body. Yeah. Of course he was convicted. And uh, that, uh, they seized my business. They shut everything down because they thought he took one of my trucks to dispose of the body. So all my trucks were analyzed for two weeks and shut down. I mean, between that, the economy in Chicago, um, 
politics. I hear they like to pay, play, uh, pay some taxes over there. Oh, my gosh. In my business, in my building. Uh, I was in a real bad neighborhood, in a ghetto neighborhood. Uh, I had a nice big building, big a uh, big warehouse. And out there, Acme Steel was open at the time. And when Acme Steel shut down, the town went poor. And when it went poor, it taxed all its little people like me big time. So my taxes were astronomical. They were... Wait, there's a place called Acme Steel? Yep. Is that on Looney Tunes? <laughs> yes. They sell skates. <laughs> yes. And they sell bomb casings. <laughs> That's right. And dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they went out of business when Looney Tunes shut production down, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah you're right. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry, just... So that, that's part of the story. So anyways, um, no, that's not part of the story, but my story. <laughs> anyways, so when Acme Steel shut down, the town was poor. It's called Riverdale, Illinois, okay? And it was so poor that they had to tax us poor people four times the amount. So we were paying eighty to $90,000 taxes for a little building in the ghetto. Unreal. Yes. Wow. I in couldn't afford it. So Good. that also was a downfall. So between that and the killing... And then I had a partner, and that's another story. I don't want to get too involved in what my partner was doing, but it's, it's just everything was just. So I went, to, I went to my lawyer, and I went downtown, and I said, what do I do? They said, the only way you're going to get out of this is just walk away from everything. Mm -mm. I walked away from everything, everything. My wife was crying. I was sad. I just, all we had was a truck, an SUV, $28,000 truck that I owe $27,000 to the bank. And they let me keep it because I owe just as much as it was worth. So I said, where do we go? Let's go to a town, uh, uh, Tennessee. So what, so what year is this? Pardon? What year is this? That was uh, in 2014. Okay. So we came out here in 2014. And your son was down here. My son was, yes. And he was doing good. He had he was running, he was working in a band and also running uh, elect, uh, Electronic Express at the time. So he was. Oh, yeah. I remember that band, Electronic Express. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, that's not they a were, band. They were huge in the 80s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, they were number two on the billboard. Yeah. Right, right okay. under Aha. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Electronic Wait, Express. I'm going to think of something good here. I'll. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So, anyways, that's so he he was doing good. He's he's a very you know smart, intelligent young man, he, and he was well off doing working for a doing band, and then also working for Electronic Express, you know. And um, so nice to be coming he, down to see some. Family. And when I came down here, I says I will never do garage doors again. Really? Because I was because all the bad things that happened in Chicago, mm -hmm. I was getting robbed twice a year. By gunpoint in Chicago, the last three years of working there. Jeez. I always had to have at least $200 in my pocket because knowing that when you get robbed, if you give them $200, they don't kill you. And it's just a known fact in Chicago. So I was carrying, I was packing a gun. I'm not going to lie to you. And you're not allowed to pack a gun in Chicago, of course. No. But I packed a gun. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm here now and they can't do nothing. The statute of limitations, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're afraid you're going to hurt the politicians. Yeah. So I don't know. Only but the <laughs> criminals can carry guns in Chicago. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, I came here. My wife, sad as can be, she was. she's a nurse. And uh, we decided we have to do something. And I says, how about, I got it, I got it, I got it. I says, I love people, I love customers, and I love sales, and I love cars. I'll be a car salesman. <laughs> I did that for a few months. How'd that go? Oh my god! It was it was a nightmare. 
What happened? Uh, between not getting all my commissions, between um, being treated like an outsider, between um, there was a few other things too that I, I'm not allowed to say. It was it was it was because I seen the inside of what was going on in the car dealership, and you can't treat people like that. You can't. I was always taught, and I was always raised. You treat your customers with love, and you give them everything's honest. Let's yeah. put it this way: you don't lie. Don't lie about anything. You don't need to go see your manager. Nobody needs to go <laughs> see the manager sitting there in that office, and all they do is go back there and, you know, just. There was a game. And that yeah. was it. it was all yeah. about a game. They're just talking about speaking. Of, they're probably just talking about the Titans game, and then they come back, and then they're like, and "Oh, they talk to the manager." Totally. Yeah. Yes. Ridiculous. Anyway, so that didn't work out. I did that for two or three months, and I came home, and it I just told didn't my work wife, with your said, character. You're not going to believe this, honey. And she goes, "What? I am not a car salesman anymore." I says. I'm going back into the car. I'm going back into doing garage doors again. She goes, what? I said, yes, I'm going to go back into the door business. So for the, for the next six months, I was talking to people. I even talked to a gentleman named Greg. Craig. I talked to you. I Me? Talk, I talked to you. Craig. Greg or Craig? Not Craig. I talked to you. And I talked to you. I talked to, a few, I talked to many people. And I, I, I was putting my feelings out there because I was scared. I was hurt. And I was worried. And I was trying to find out what I was going to do in life. And I needed to go back into door business. Was I, was I like the supportive, um, like true to my nature, Craig, or was I like, I didn't know you at the time on Facebook, Craig at that time. No, actually you had, it was a good side of you. You had, okay, good. You had a heart (laughs) and you were really like, wow, between you and a few other friends of mine and another door company uh, that turned out to be one good friend of mine, they were all very supportive. You guys were all supportive. And, and, and I think that was a big play in my advancing and going further in my life. It's honestly. cool to see the uh, competition supporting you. Well, yeah, then it got to be the competition was supporting yeah. me. Yeah, because people, because I was doing, uh, I was doing service calls for only like 30, 30 bucks. I was doing specials. I, I'll do a keypad, oil loop, all for $79. And I think I was making 20 bucks. <laughs> hey, I'll take that deal. But it was the fact that I was able to get a sticker on the door mm-hmm. and able to get yeah. uh, represent myself and say, here you. I am. I'm Starting to get established. Yeah, so I did that for about six months, and I didn't make a lot of money. Thank God my wife had a job. She was still a nurse at the time, so she was still supporting me, okay? So everything worked out for a reason. So, you know, that's fine. It all worked out, you know? And so after about six months, then things got pretty well exploded. Um, it started out with a young girl that I did a repair for, and this town might know about her because of her. She said some bad things about me because I charged her sixty five dollars or seventy dollars to repair her garage door. How dare you! And she How thought it was terrible because it she was. She thought a, it was too much. She thought it was too much. She, I think she was, she was flaunting. I'm not going to lie. She was flaunting herself and hoping that I would advance to other things. But you know what? I was happily married. And, and I was a businessman, and all my life I've always been treated where you, t- you know, keep business there, and you got your feet, you know. So I says, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. you got to pay me the $70. <laughs> 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 she didn't like that at all. So she threw the $70 check on the floor. 
And then she put some bad words out on Facebook about me. So she made you grovel for the check? Yeah, she really Get on your knees and get the check and then get out. And I had to grovel because at the time I was still starting out and every dollar meant a lot to me, you know. So I took that $70 and... um, So she went on Facebook and said something. Yeah, she said some bad things. She said that... What part of Facebook did she she go to? One of the local groups? She went to, yeah, the Spring Hill page. Which one? Um, Spring Hill. You're going to go look for it now. (laughs) Well, I probably can. I'm probably banned from that one, too. Well, actually, they took it all off. Really? Somebody, because there was about 350 people that responded that night. And that was the night when I was with my family, and she said some bad things, and everybody stuck up for me, said awesome things. Awesome. And for some reason, maybe she took it off. She may have. So whatever yeah. the case is, but it was all taken off that night. And thank goodness, because my stomach was turning all night long. I'm like, this is the end of the world for me. I'm like, it's over with. So, But then after that night, I, I must have had four times the calls. People were calling me. I was getting more garage door repairs than ever. So it, it was an awesome thing. But you know, She you did more know to promote your business and hurt it. Yeah, it, it was a promoting thing. And she, she's not on Facebook anymore. But, you know, it's. And we all miss her. Yeah, we almost. <laughs> well, I, I hear she listens to this show, so <laughs> she's one of the nine people. How did you? Yeah, how did you parse all those those ten viewers out to determine one was her? <laughs> well, I have IP addresses, and I think it matched up. <laughs> I don't really, but 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 it all happened for a reason. And then after that time, um, after that moment, I went and I started. Uh, getting a few more trucks and it just things were advancing and advancing more and so on and the things i've seen a few good interesting things when i was at spring hill as fixing doors okay so uh, what was the craziest thing sorry i think you're probably <laughs> going to ask that same question weren't you it doesn't matter all right you we're partners craig why don't you go ahead and ask that question <laughs> so bill <laughs> working in spring hill for the last i'm going on eight years now What's the what's the craziest story you've had in the in the garage door repair business? The, one of the craziest things I've had was a customer calling me. I, uh, the missus called me and says, "Bill, I need you out today." And I said, "Okay, I'll come out there." She said, today. "Can you today?" But it was not a garage just door emergency. Emergency, and she says, "My door is in an angle." Da da da. So. But I need you at least before one o'clock. And I go, I'm thinking, why before one? I don't know the whole story. So I went out there. Uh, to see what was going on. Mm -hmm. I went in the garage, and first thing I seen was a lot of red blood on the floor. As opposed to... Blue blood. Blue blood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great show, by the way. Tom Selleck is really good in that show. Uh, We're there at the CBS. Sorry. Uh, Red blood. There's a pool of blood. So red blood everywhere. There's red blood on the floor next to the garage door. And um, and I said, what's going on? She goes, well, my husband's in the hospital, right? Or in emergency service right now. They're sewing his finger back on. And what? his sewing his finger, his finger back on. What happened was he went down was it there the spring at the very bottom. I of the was door. here. Don't mess with those springs. Yeah. And this is the part that connects to the spring. But the very bottom of the door, there's a bracket and that bracket has three red screws. And those red screws stands for blood, <laughs> which means you don't. At least it t- does on his door. Yes. <laughs> well, they put that on there. The manufacturers put those all, they make them in red to let you know you don't touch red screws on the door. Okay. So anytime you see a red screw on the door, you don't touch it. All right. Leave, well, it, to, leave it to the door doctor. But he touched it. Those three screws he took off. And when he took them off, that, that little bracket holds the whole way to the door, flipped up at a tremendous force, and it hit him in the chin, and it ripped his finger off. 
And she wanted me to fix the door before he came home from the hospital because he said, don't you dare get a door guy because I'm going to come home and fix it later. (laughs) Well, you know, Bill, it's a good thing she had your digits. (laughs) He he was that guy. Don't worry about it, babe. I'll I'll fix it when I get home. So anyway, she had me fix it, and she was very thankful for it. And I said, the only thing I can't do is clean up the blood on the floor. I said, that's going to be up to you to do it later, whatever. Yeah, that requires a hazmat. Crew it was kind of know. weird. I put actually a, a cloth over it so I wouldn't have to look at it while I was. It was just kind of a weird, weird eerie feeling. Do you faint when you see blood? No, no, only my own. Surprised she hadn't like hosted off, but before you got there. No, she, well, it was everything was happening so fast for her. I guess that day, I don't know. She got you there so quick. You yep. the, you well, because the, I was the bat door signal. That's wild. She needed me that day, and I says I'll be there. And you know, I, at the time that was it was. I'll be there for anybody that needed me, you know? So, so she didn't go to the hospital. She took she, him to the hospital. But, but he had to stay there. Okay. And left him there? Yeah. Oh, because they had to sew his finger back <laughs> on. Yeah. Of, yeah. So now his finger's back on? I never found out what happened. We need to give her a call. <laughs> What's her number? <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm kidding. I do kind of want to know. You don't want to give her the finger. Whatever you do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I should have said that. <laughs> I want to see the finger. I want to see how, it, how well it yeah. was reattached. It was yeah. like crooked. Like like whacked out at an angle. I can't imagine. But it's they sewed it on though. <laughs> you said they were sewing it on, so I don't know the whole story. She took it over there in milk or whatever because they said ice and milk and bring it over there and I'll, yeah. I don't know. Can you imagine putting your finger like on ice Mm-mm. and taking it somewhere? No. No. Nah. No, I want to carry that with me. So, so what Bill, else is going on, Bill? Okay. <laughs> so, so how in eight years? Well, actually, years, it was only four how, and a half years. Because the first two wait, years wait, wait, of what? my life, I was trying to find my life. Oh, that's right, was, that's right. That's right. I was right. doing car sales, and I was trying to find another job. And, and nobody wants to hire you when you're in your 50s. So, so now we're, what, 2018-ish in the story? You've been at it longer than that. No, I, I started in uh, 2016. Is that all? Yeah. So you built up your your business mini empire. Uh, you do have an empire now, by the way. Practically, yeah. You are. I mean, you are the name for Spring Hill and a lot of Columbia too. And it's kind of weird I because see Columbia pages. Everyone rec- yes. rec- recommends uh, you as well. In Franklin, I'm getting pretty much a lot of advancement now. now. You've really arrived. And yep. A lot is going <laughs> on, and sometimes I say to myself, what do I do to thank the public back? And and I'm always trying to, you know, I give to the well, I give to the food pantries of Frank, but there's got to be something more I could do one day. And I, and I know there is, and I will. What, um, how many trucks are you running now? Well, I got uh, quite a few trucks now. Okay. Yeah. I got a lot of trucks and I got one. You can't disclose that for legal reasons? Or? Yeah. Okay. But I do have All one right. truck that's been broken down for three and a half months now in Columbia Ford. I could tell you that much. And they've been working on it and they've been trying to fix it. And they oh, you know who you need to send I it to? I understand they're real slow down there. Yeah. What? Just send that uh, truck over there to uh, Paul Bonner. <laughs> <laughs> I read his stories constantly. Yes. He's, he's, always, got a, he's always got a truck to work on. He's, it's the same truck. Is he, it? No, it's a new truck. Oh, now. it's a new truck. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was having some brake issues on a new truck. On the newer truck, yeah, um, that he's had for a couple years He was years not now. working on the Ford Pro Door Doctor truck, though, I promise you. He yeah, was okay. never worked on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah. 
But he's a cool guy, though. He's an, he's an awesome guy to know. He's an awesome dude. In fact, it was awesome to meet him and a guy named Steve Price. And um, oh, you guys, how, nice. how did you guys? You know what? You're asking my story, but you guys are the empire. I mean, you two are amazing. Everybody knows you in town. I feel really uh, couple, honored tonight. A couple people do. Not not me. Not not always for good reasons. And so. I don't know what you guys have, but people just think a lot about you guys. They think good. They're really good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're you. What have you heard? The only problem is though, when I came here <laughs> from Price Highway, I want to wonder why you never widened the street at all. Well, you know, because it's we need to widen that street a little bit. You know. But you know what? So the problem with widening that street is that you're always going to come down to the historic district and you can't widen it there. So it's always going to yeah. bottleneck there. So it doesn't even matter if you widen this it. This is true. I heard so that story too. Yeah. Can we ever talk about the, we should talk one day about the origin story of why you grabbed a road and named it after yourself. Yeah. And what, and what that all goes back to. Maybe we will someday. Why, well, I like to, yeah. why midget has a splash pad. Yeah. Why sparks has a Hardee's and <laughs> all that other stuff. Yeah. This is true. We should do that sometime, but we have Bill here. Yeah, and we're talking about Bill, not yeah. us. I, am I going to have something one day to remember? I mean, you know, I won't have the splash pad. Part of the story, you got to, you got to, you got to hear the story first, and perhaps okay. yes is YMCA when it arrives. <laughs> if we ever <laughs> is that still a thing? Is the YMCA still a thing? In big enough cities, yeah. There's well, a couple in Brentwood. We're getting pretty big. All right. We should, we should get a YMCA, right? We could put in for one. Yeah. yeah. It's fun to stay there. I hear. <laughs> so, Bill, what is... Okay. You you have built an empire. And whether you go admit it or not, you have. Um, what, what have you learned from building that empire? That, well, I built an empire, but first of all, let's go further. I didn't build it. It was my team. It was all my employees, and it was my son... All them guys are amazing. They, they, they built it for me. All I did was plant the seed. They made it grow. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? I taught them about the safety, about the love, and about this, you know, but everything else was all natural. They, they, they did it all on their own. So they, it was a team. Speaking of your employees, I had a guy come out to the house the other day doing the garage, and he's like, hey, wait a minute, I know you. I'm like, oh, jeez. He's like, yeah, we've had some spirited debates online. I'm like, hmm. well, you know, usually I take devil's advocate, but um, uh-huh. yeah, he he uh, he knew who I was, and that was a little uncomfortable. Were you really? So he thought he was going to get beat up. That yeah, day. he thought he thought good of you, though. I mean, he really? really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I thought he was going to be back. Up. He was. I met Steve Price. <laughs> 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 Do you want me to tell you what he said afterwards? Yeah. No, I didn't. No, he didn't say that. That was all he said. Hold on, let me let me hit the censor button and we can <laughs> go ahead. And no, it was all good though. Honestly, he, he thought. Well, I will say this: they were very professional. They did the job that they were hired to do. They did it quickly. They did it professionally, and I was very happy with the service. And you all did a great job. So thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. I met a, a lot of awesome, famous people within the last four years, four and a half years doing this, like um, Craig. Uh, you guys, yes, Craig, you, uh, I'm not, uh, uh, no, Mike I'm Wolf, not. Um, he's one of my... Mike guys. Wolf, really? Yeah. Yes, I did uh, all his doors out dude. there. I mean, okay. um, 
a lady. Did you, um, did they, you get to install Jason Aldean stories? He probably has like Christian, eight a doors famous on that, Chris, yes, on and a house. Christian artist, and also a famous lady. But I can't tell your name because Dolly I'm Parton. supposed to hold Dolly. Was it's Dolly. killing me to want to say. Oh, it's name, Dolly. I, I know can't it's Dolly. Say it because I was told I got to be very secretive about yeah. it. I don't know why, hmm. but I do a lot of famous people out here. It's just it's just awesome. I hear they're around. Yeah, yeah, they are a lot more than Chicago. In Chicago, they're all just gangs, you know, and gangs don't really get too famous out there, I guess. They don't live long enough. They do yeah. make the news, though. They yeah. do. Yeah. They oh, by leave. the way, the guy, one of my employees that killed his girlfriend, oh, the body was discovered two years later. Uh uh Yeah, it was. After wow. he was convicted? Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Uh, and, and I'll give you one more fast story. Is coming out here after losing my everything in Chicago. I mean everything. We stayed at a hotel, me and my wife, for about nine months until we came here. So we had a little mm. bit of a because we were trying to get things together. And, and when we stayed at the hotel, it turned out another disaster. Of course, disasters followed me. But I was out there, and one night at, at one in the morning, it turned out the lady in the room next door to me was getting raped. Nobody would come to her aid on the whole floor i ended up ripping the door down getting some cuts the police finally arrived and, and it turned out to be the guy that worked downstairs wow worked on so, the worked in the same hotel yes Sheesh. he was he was convicted with the fifty thousand dollar bond he ended up to fifty thousand dollar bond and then they shipped him back overseas and he never got trialed because he was gone on a fifty thousand dollars because he was related to the owner of the hotel. Who so, lived outside the country. So they shipped him out of the country. They didn't care about the fifty thousand dollar bond. They shipped him out and then it was nothing said afterward. So of course they had left me and my wife have to get out of there. Wow. Because we were staying there for a long stay because we had no place to stay until we got here. Wow. So I mean, you know, we had a we had a, a good story coming here. We were real. My wife stood behind me through a lot of thick and thin, and she's a nurse, you know. And I don't know why she stuck stuck up with me, but she did, you know. So now I stick up for with her, you know, yeah. if, if she needs things. And look where you are now. Yeah, it's 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 uh, we're blessed now. It, it all happens for a reason, I guess. It makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Thank you, and I'm happy to be here. And look at, I mean, this is great. I'm in Spring Hill now. I consider that the capital of the world now. I think it's the greatest place to live. I just hope it doesn't get too crowded with too many people from the other states, you know. Things like, already happened. Like Chicago? Well, Illinois? Well, it's not done yet. I think it's going to get worse. I think you meant California. Oh. California, Chicago, <laughs> New York. Oh, I only got one bad check. Some guy from New York. He moved out here. He thinks he could pass out bounce checks. You know, he brought his... To go after him? You send somebody to your Chicago I tried to, but he never. It's all right. I let it go. <laughs> One check. It's no big deal. It's over with. No big deal. All right. Well, hey, congratulations Thank again. You. Thank You're you. doing a great job. A lot of people are hiring you. Keep hiring him because they do a great job. And I'm only saying that because the you know pro door doctors have worked on my door. And, um, and they do it my door. And Craig's door. Yes. So if somebody needs garage door work, how do they contact you? Uh, they could either uh, check out our website at www.prodoordoctor.com or they can call our cell phone or our office number, 615-326-4443. And either way, you know, there's always, I have uh, 
a young lady always there to answer. We have a 24-hour service, and if somebody needs something right away, we'll come out there. The biggest problem with garage doors is people, when they need you now, they want it now. Garage doors and cell phones are the two most wanted commodity. When your door breaks down and your car is stuck in a garage, it's a disaster. You can't get out. You feel like you're stranded. Your cell phone, if you leave it at home and you go to work, you drive all the way back home to get your cell phone, all right? <laughs> so yeah. those two things are, like, so wanted in the industry, let's face it. So I'm there for you for the – I can't help you on a cell phone, but I can help you in a garage door. So go. if your car is stuck in a garage because of a broken spring, call me. We'll, we'll get your car off. Yeah, use your cell phone to call you. <laughs> if you have your cell phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill, congratulations again. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Craig, uh, on the phone we have Shauna Arichaga. Um, she is helping lead a campaign to get the Global War on Terrorism Memorial in D.C. on the National Mall. Shauna, thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Shauna, just go ahead and uh, talk about this effort. So, sorry, can you hear my cat? I can hear the now. We, now, to, okay. to our well, hold on, hold on. We, to, we, to our, we can start over. Well, to our listening audience, Shauna has been on the show before. By the way, she yes. she has been on talking about her her uncle's hair doll in our uh, worst Christmas present ever episode, which was either last year or two years ago. I can't remember, but look that up. It's it's hilarious. It's it's worth the listen. Um, I had been following her on Facebook. She and her son have been in D.C. in the last week or so, and I reached out to her because I thought that um, people really needed to hear this story, and I think people really need to help in this effort. And so she's here, and she has cats, and it's okay. <laughs> so, Shauna, <laughs> go ahead and tell us your tell us about the effort. <laughs> um, okay, so... The goal, so back in 2000, I believe it's 2017, the Congress passed um, a bill saying that we could have a global war on terrorism memorial, which is wonderful. The last 20 years have been, I mean, we all know they've been long. Um, we've lost a lot. It's, it's been, it's, it's been a struggle, but uh, so the new bill is called S.535. And it's the Global War on Terrorism Memorial Location Act. Um, and that is to put the memorial on the National Mall. And like in the reserve, it's called the reserve. Uh, in 2003, they passed a law saying that nothing else could go on the mall without an act of Congress. So this is our act of Congress. We're just trying to get our post 9-11 heroes and not just our fallen. We're talking about our veterans. Um, our suicides, anyone who was impacted by this war, we're trying to get them honored on the mall. And that's where this memorial is very unique because it's all-encompassing. It's going to include everyone. And we don't know exactly how yet. We're still working on that, but we're trying to make it happen. Now, Shauna, you are a Gold Star family. That means that you have been impacted by this personally. And go ahead and tell your story there. Yeah, so my husband was Sergeant First Class Offer in Arachaga. Um, he was killed in action in Afghanistan in March of 2011 uh, on his fourth combat tour. Um, Offer has a very unique story because he was a Cuban immigrant 
he came over when he was 14, joined the military when he was 18, and then was killed when he was 28. Um, so he had just made 10 years in the Army. He has um, an 18-year-old daughter from his first marriage and then our 13-year-old son. He was a very special man, very, very special man. So to have him honored on the mall would be a big deal. Um, it would be a bigger deal because we always talked about going to D.C. and he never actually got to see it. Mm. But when it comes to, like, my son, our son, um, who has been to D.C. many times, like, for him, he keeps asking, why is this even a conversation? Of course, dad should be honored on the mall. And that to me is like, it's a little mind blowing because a 13 year old can recognize that we shouldn't even be talking about this, but here we are having to talk about it. Uh, and it's also mind blowing that the bulk of America doesn't even know that this is happening, that this bill is being blocked. And this is an all encompassing bill as far as it just applies to this memorial. There is nothing else being added to it. It's not one of those, you know, full of other crap bills it is just to get this memorial on the national mall and we i've been working on this for two months and it still hasn't been passed maybe next week we're going to find out but i doubt it in my mind too i'm, I'm having difficulty wondering why this is such a difficult thing to get passed i remember in i think i was in high school when the vietnam the Vietnam War Memorial was so talked about, and it was it was being installed um, in Washington. I believe when I was in high school, took a senior trip um, during a, during my senior year um, with high school, and we got to visit that memorial. Um, you know, there's World War Two, World War One memorials. Mm -hmm. We have these memorials, and it's it's hard. It's just it's. It's, cur it's curious to me. I don't, I don't know why there's such a difficulty, you know, approving this one when we have all these others in Washington. Well, is I it just because it's requested to be on the mall or is it, what's the, what, what are the factors well, so, that, that, as you understand them? Yeah, as I understand, it is, on the mall is the biggest thing because they did pass the law in 2003 to, not allow anything right. else on the mall, right? Which means they never intended to let our post 9 11 heroes be honored there. But, um, what's interesting, you bring up Vietnam, it only took seven years to start building that memorial. Uh, Korea, it took 40, um, it's either 43 or 47, I can't remember which. Wow, World War II, it took 60 years to start that memorial. So my fear, and, and I've really been stressing this a lot, my in-laws are in their late 50s right now. Uh, my father-in-law was just diagnosed, Offren's father, was just diagnosed with lung cancer. He doesn't have 60 years. He doesn't have 47 years. Uh, do I have 47 years or 60 years? Probably not. I don't know. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So I think that's a big thing for me is, our gold star parents deserve to see this. Um, you know, honestly, any parent of anyone who served, because let's be for real, this is an all volunteer military. We have not had that in a very long time. Mm -hmm. We had the draft. And so to have an all volunteer military, all post 9 11, 
and then to say they can't go on the mall is insane to me. Um, I just, again, how is this even a conversation? That that doesn't make sense. It it honestly just doesn't in my brain anyway. So, and I forget your original question. Well, well, <laughs> sorry. It, it, my, it was more of a statement, just hard to believe that, that, oh, okay. that this yeah. has to be debated so much and, and that uh, more well, senators and I, have not gotten on board already. Yeah, and I and I will. I have no problem saying like there. Again, this is uh, Congress, and I think a lot of us know this. We just don't have to think about it a lot. They all want their own things. Every congressman wants their own thing. So what's being done is that they're like, some of them are trying to like backdoor it. Like, well, okay, if they get this, I want this. If, you know, if, if, if we get to put this on there, I want to put this on the mall. Um, Mansion publicly is saying, you know, it has to go through the proper channels, which is like the park committees and that kind of stuff, uh, which has, uh, everything's been done correctly. He just wants it to be done again. I don't want to say again, but like more thoroughly. Or officially um, or something. Officially, officially. I've heard elsewise backdoor type things okay so it's one of those things where they kind of pit each other against each other and in this situation i understand why they do that with other bills that are packed full of garbage but in this situation this is like this is just to me this is open and close you just do it and, and once again, this is not just for our fallen. This is for everyone who is affected by these wars. And that's millions of people. We might be like the 0.01%, but it's still millions of people. So if, if, there, are, if there are people listening to this who, who want to get involved, um, who want to um, help affect change, are there methods that, a simple folk out here can, can do to, to help this effort? Oh, yeah, it's super easy. So first of all, I created an email where y'all can email me, and then I can pass along the proper contact information. Don't go to your senator's website because then you just get signed up for newsletters, and it's I've tried it a million times. It doesn't, it's Who wants awful. that? No. Nobody wants that, sure Marsha Blackburn. Thank you. Um <laughs> um so if you email dwot info at gmail uh shoot sorry that's okay let's start that again that was gwot right gwot gwat like global war on terrorism gwot yeah global war on terrorism dwot info at gmail.com that goes directly to me I can get you the email for your senator's chief of staff. Now, this is obviously like a more local podcast, but most of us are transplants. So like right now I'm working on Ohio because I came from Ohio. Um, I've lived there a couple of times actually. And I've lived here a couple of times. I'll just go back and forth. But uh, I'm working on them right now. Texas, California, Whatever state you came from, you can use that to your advantage to email those senators. If they are not already co-sponsors, please ask them to be a co-sponsor. That helps us kind of reinforce that the, the multitude of people want this. 
and the, I don't know how to say this properly, but like the way that this works is that it has to be unanimous. So email your senators from wherever you came from, especially if they are not co-sponsors. Ask them to co-sponsor. Tell them why it's important to you. Um, because the more co-sponsors we have, the more influential that is on the ones that won't support it. And it's, it's I want to say like a ganging up effort, which sounds terrible, but if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do to get this passed. Because again, like my father-in-law should see this in his lifetime. My mother-in-law, um, my husband's grandmother is still alive. She's 86 right now, I think. Abuelita? Like she, yeah, yes, uh, yes, Abuelita nice. or Abuela. Abuela? Uh, yes. Nice. So. Um, I am from South Florida, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, my <laughs> son calls his grandparents Abuela and Abuelo, like. He doesn't speak any Spanish, but that's their name. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an El Paso thing, too. It's Abuelo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if we, honestly, like, no matter where you're from, email that email. Again, it's B-W-O-T-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And I can connect you with the chief of staff of your senator. And you can, I mean, as well push Blackburn and Haggerty because I won't matter. They don't answer my emails, but <laughs> you know, have they as not? Long as they I thought they have already jumped on. Have they not? They jumped on, but I asked them two weeks before they jumped on gotcha. to do it, and they did not reply to me. Okay, I couldn't get answers from my own representatives. So is it? The, this is how frustrating yeah. this has been. So is the idea the more people who write in, the more. I don't know. The more okay, likely so honestly, they it is. Mansion Mansion asked the foundation, and I am not affiliated with the foundation. Okay, I work on my own. I do everything on my own. I don't work for anybody. But Mansion had to ask the foundation to lay off because his his staff was getting blown up with emails, and it was very overwhelming for them. That's not a bad thing. Because that means that they're actually having to pay attention. So um, it's kind of, it's very, so it's hard with Congress and even with this, um, with this memorial, everything kind of works backwards. It's not like your normal business situation or a normal memorial where you have to raise the money first and get the land second. It, everything works in reverse. And because we need the land from Congress, you have to really push Congress. So when they have to actually say like, hey, can you stop blasting us, right? Like stop using our names in social media, blah, blah, That means it's being effective. Um, and like, and I want to stress this. This is a very important detail. The memorial itself will be privately funded. No taxpayer money will go to that. Mm. None. We are only asking for five to 10 acres on the mall. That's it. That's the only government expense. After that, we're going to fundraise the money. And that will be a whole different ball of worms, I'm sure. But it will probably be easier than this is. Um, and, then, and then we'll have our memorial. So we're hoping it happens soon. But we have to have the land first. Right. And that's, that's our holdup right now. So what's next for you in this effort to get this memorial on the National Mall? 
I have a meeting this week with Senator Brown's people to talk about the memorial. Um, I'm going to keep emailing every senator I can think of that will listen, basically. And I will keep doing that. But now that the holidays are coming, um, like my son has a camp next week. And then we're going to spend some time with my husband's family. We're going to do Thanksgiving and all of that. And then December, we're, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Honestly, it's going to depend on what happens in the Senate next week. Because they're talking about it might not be reintroduced on the floor until the 18th. Um, We live a really weird life where it's kind of like, I might not know what I'm doing tomorrow, right? Or next week. I just get a phone call. Hey, can you do this? And I say yes or no. So we just keep, we keep going though. That's the thing. You know, if we get asked to do a video for this cause, we'll do it. Uh, And yeah, I mean, that's like, honestly, that's just our normal life, which is so bizarre. So are you working with anybody locally? Locally, we work with uh, Memories of Honor. Okay. They're out of Franklin. And then I wouldn't say work with, but a soldier's child. They're out of Murfreesboro. My son, you know, gets birthday presents from them. Um, And then the Joshua Chamberlain Society is out of Brentwood. And they provide my son with a college fund. So those are our, like, local, local Mm. people. And then we also work with, um, well, the Tennessee National Guard. I'm an advisor to General Holmes, the head of it, and uh, and then all of Tennessee SOS, so the Survivor Outreach Services. So yeah, like there's some local stuff, but I don't know how to describe all of it <laughs> in a short short amount of time. Okay, yeah, you, you were up in D.C. not too long ago, and you're yeah. you're on the national news as well, aren't you? Yeah, we're on, so we're on CNBC tonight. Tomorrow we'll be on MSNBC. And then they said they might run all of it through the weekend, but I'm not really sure. Um, and that was with the, the Global War on Terrorism uh, Memorial Foundation. Like, we, that was all coordinated through them. Okay. And it was just about the importance of putting it on the mall. And, yeah, my son did a good job. I was pretty proud. Yeah, so that's great. You're on a you're you're on the national news, and now, now you're on Price's Highway. I know. I mean, I moved right on up. I'm telling you, I'm just saying we're we're bougie up in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Shauna, you know, the, we we appreciate everything your husband has done for our country. We appreciate you and your family, everything you're going through, and you know, we'll do anything we can to help and we hope our listeners will as well. Everybody go help. If you don't know how to help, go send that email and you will find out how to. Thanks again, Shauna, for being here. No, thank you for having me. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Prices Highway, the podcast. Thanks for listening and Craig, go ahead and take us home. Prices Highway is presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. She's on the web too at pricesellshomes.com. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and get new episodes right when they drop. For Steve Price, I'm Craig Midget. 
Buckle up and drive safe out there. You've been listening to Price's Highway, a Steve Price Totally Terrible Productions.